Praise the Lord for that. Well, I wish we could go today. I'm ready, aren't you? God bless you. Let's turn to St. John 17, if you would. St. John 17, 16. Truly, this world is not what the Lord meant for it to be in its initial creation. What Satan and sin has turned it into. But we're so grateful that it's going back. Amen. It's well on its way. The conversation of our Lord Jesus with his disciples as he's walking with just a few hours, he will be beaten and striped and crucified. And yet he speaks his most intimate words while his visit on the earth in this strenuous, difficult time. He's praying, verse 16, they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Let's bow our heads together. Dear Lord Jesus, you who spoke these words 2,000 years ago, may you come by this way tonight, Father, I pray, and make these words real to our hearts. We believe this prayer was not only for the 11 that were standing with you there, but for your members down through every age from that time until now. May you help us tonight, Lord Jesus. May our hearts be opened that we can hear from you, I pray. In Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's look in verse 20 and now in verse 21. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Now listen to verse 21. That they all may be one. Amen. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. Now there's a vast difference between unity, oneness of heart and spirit, and uniformity. Now we know that Satan, of course, takes these precious, wonderful scriptures and has used them for years and years and years to try to spear up under his headship organizational systems by which people will come under one head, which is satanic. Now remember, the Lord Jesus is not praying for a one-world church or a one-world government, but he is praying for a divine oneness 
that will exist in the mystical body of believers that existed between the Father and the Son. Now listen to me carefully. So when we talk about the Father and the Son, now Jesus is praying. Who's he praying to? Who's he actually directing this prayer to? Well, if you don't have an understanding and a revelation, for many people, they put another God in heaven, which is an old man, a father. And then they've got this young man on the earth, and this young man is praying to the old man. But yet we realize that whenever we are relating to Jesus praying, Jesus suffering, Jesus dying, Jesus agonizing, all of that is the humanity of God in a form called sonship or son of God. Now remember, God is not a man. God is not a man, but God is a spirit. Brother Donnie, I'll argue with you with that. No, you're not going to because I'm not going to argue with you. The Lord Jesus who come from him said he was a spirit, so he ought to know. Since you ain't been there, I'm not going to take your word for it. But Jesus said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So here the Lord Jesus is praying for a real oneness to be in the body of believers that existed between the Father and the Son. So how is that possible? What was that unity between the Father and the Son? Well, keep in mind now, the Father was the Spirit. Now unto the King, eternal, immortal invisible the only wise God be power and glory and dominion forever the scripture also tells us no man has seen God at any time but the only begotten son of God hath declared him unto you now that's what father is he is the eternal but he doesn't have hands and eyes and ears and all of that like you and I does but God wanted to become personified so he creates himself a body and he calls that the sonship or the son of God. Amen. Now, so the Lord Jesus is wanting this type of oneness to be inside of his body as it was between him and the Father. So how was that? Well, he says it pretty plain. He says that they may be one even as thou, Father, art in me. Now, so if God was a man, then there'd be no way that one man could get inside of another man. Because the molecules, the cells, the bones, all of that would never be able to transfuse or ever to be able to merge into another body. But God is a spirit and Jesus was the man that the spirit of God lived in. Notice that they may be one, even as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now, you know, Satan, as I said, desired to be able to, to, be able to try to capture these words and sell it to the people, and he's done a good job at it. He's been able to convince many people, yet we realize no denomination on the earth will ever be able to produce true oneness, and let me go on and say even many folks around this message don't have true oneness there's only one way to have true oneness and that is after the true baptism of the Holy Ghost 
Now, we could differ tonight on little points of view and we might differ on little things, you know, but it really, in reality, when you think about it, every person in the world that is truly born again by the Spirit of God have this oneness that Jesus prayed for. Because in their soul, they are in harmony with the complete will of God of what the Father wanted. Now, the Lord Jesus is going to project this to us that He did nothing but what the Father wanted Him to do. This is perfect oneness of God living in human beings. So, every kingdom builder around the world, whether they're in the message or whether they're in a denominational thing, they can never have this type of oneness. Because what they want is everybody to come under them. Everybody to be under their preaching and under their teaching and under their auspices and say, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. But you know what? The real people of God are not interested in being yes men to nobody but Jesus Christ. Now, I am a yes man to the Lord Jesus, but I'm not a yes man to anybody else. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not looking for a bishop down here on the earth. I'm not looking for a bishop. I never had one in Pentecost. And I'm not looking for a bishop in this message to tell me what to preach, how far to go, when to sit down, when to shut up, when to stand, when to holler, and when to be quiet. Well, praise the Lord. And truly, every one of you tonight that are born again, you feel exactly the same way. You're not looking for anybody to tell you this or that or the other. Just tell us the truth. That's what we want to hear. And yet, this is an absolute attainable miracle, which is absolutely, totally, completely impossible for everybody except the ecclesia, the elect of God. Only the truly born again will ever have this type of oneness because Jesus is praying for family oneness which can only come into family members that are born again. Now people will try to train other people into oneness. Now brother, this is what we believe at our church. Now say what we say and believe what we believe and everybody will all agree and will all have harmony. Only for a little while till the devil gets among you. And then the devil will split it wide open, and he always does. But every member that's truly born again into the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, we have this inevitable oneness which can only be given to us by the new birth. Now, you you put every preacher that's truly born again, and you put them all together in one room, if that would be possible, and we could really be able to lay aside, you know, well, what do you think about this brother and that brother, and really get down to the basics of what the kingdom is all about it would be totally amazing every one of them who truly have the Holy Ghost would agree more than probably you understand and probably they would be shocked themselves to realize how much they do agree because if they have the Holy Ghost how can the Holy Ghost in you and the same Holy Ghost in me disagree on vital scriptural points which are validated by God's word totally impossible for it to be done. Amen. So where does the disagreement come? It comes upon our humanity, our makeup, our little opinions about this. And Come on now, church. But yet in reality, we do not want an organizational uniformity, but we want a real genuine oneness with God. 
which places us as the people of God to where we have the same life, the same spirit, the same baptism, the same motive, same objective, same desire. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're born of the same father, of the same genes. We have the same desire. We've got the same family name. Hallelujah. Now, unity from this type of a, of a direction can only come from a divine life which is departed by a new birth which produces an innate nature which cannot be learned. Now, we might come together as a church and say, well, we believe the message at our church and we're going to come together and we believe serpent seed and we believe this and we believe that. Now, that might be so on an intellectual basis, but unless you truly are born into that word, somebody talked to you into it, somebody else will talk you out. But if you're born into this word, nobody talks you in and they're not going to talk you out. That's exactly right. But yet many, this is why people come and people go. But the real people of God come, but they don't go. They come into Christ, then they all go up this way. That's exactly right. Because they have finally, finally found their home, which is the unity of the true one God. Now notice, friend, I hope you can understand this now. The Godhead is bigger than just the eternal, and out of that eternal comes the Logos, God giving a birth to a son, which is before the foundation of the world. Out of the eternal comes this Logos, which is the white light, flickering before the Father's door. You don't remember it, I don't remember it, but we were part of him then. We come out of the eternal because in the beginning was the word. So what is your gene of God? It is a part of that word. Your gene. Oh, I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. Your gene is the gift of God. It is God's gift to you. It is your identification. And that's what gets the new birth. Amen. That's what gets quickened. When that gene gets quickened by the spirit of God, that is your new birth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Notice the Lord Jesus in desiring of such a thing. Can you imagine what Satan must have thought? Now, you just think in your heart, now this had never been said before in this way. This was never said in the canon of all the Old Testament books. It had not been reiterated even up by the Lord Jesus himself thus far. He would talk about the future kingdom. He would talk about things that was going to happen. But he had never said anything quite like this. I wonder what Satan saw. Did he think it would be a goal which would be achievable? Because the men that he's speaking these words to have argued and they have debated of who was going to be the greatest. Who wants to sit on his left? hand who wants to sit on his right hand can you imagine Satan thinking there's no way this will ever be achieved there's no way this can ever be accomplished Peter's too jealous of John and John is too jealous of James and James is jealous of this one that that was before they got the Holy Ghost my brother sister that's why we got so many jealous message preachers if they ever get the Holy Ghost it takes care of jealousy well, praise the Lord. Now, notice the Lord Jesus does not pray that we will all belong to one church. Now, don't misunderstand me. But the Lord never even prayed that everybody would belong to the ecclesial body of the elect. They will not. The foolish virgin type, the world church type, they will never understand what the elect understand. And the Lord Jesus knew that. But as we said before, his love spilled beyond the Lamb's book of life over into the book of life. And he offers the 
So whosoever will group what? An opportunity to come. The Bible says the spirit and the bride say come. And whosoever will, notice, whosoever will, don't let him say come, but let him take. Why? Because he don't say what the Spirit says. Only the bride can say what the Spirit says. So the Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that is a thirst, let him come. Why? He's not in that harmony, but he can come if he wants to come. Oh, you say, well, if I'm not bride, I'll be lost. If you're not bride, if you don't want to go to hell, you don't have to go to hell. Oh, my, but if you're bride, you definitely ain't going to hell because you never come from hell. You come from eternity, and you're going back to eternity where you came from. Notice, so the Lord Jesus, knowing that this prayer would be so used by Satan and that many denominational heads would try under ecumenicalism to be able to make one world church, and then they would also break it down into Baptist, Methodist, Church of God, and I hate to say it, but I might as well go ahead and say it, the same thing has come right inside of our own ranks, and we've got organisms and organizations right in our own ranks, and if you don't believe what we believe and say what we say, oh my, how sad, but it's the truth, but yet we realize the elect of God are not bowing or bending to organizational pressure from without or organizational pressure from within. You see, it is possible for believers to be able to differ on minor issues. Oh, now some of you is going to get a frown on your face, sure as the world. It's possible for ministers to be able to differ on minor issues and still be one with God and one with each other. Because our human makeup will make us study a certain way and look at things a certain way. But we want everybody to see like us because, of course, we have the perfect understanding of everybody. Really? Well, the next guy thinks the same thing. And the next guy thinks the same thing. But yet we understand as we become more mature that there's more people in the family of God than us. Well, praise God. I'm glad we're a part of the family, but I'm glad we're not the only part of the family. That's right. But yet we know that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Now, in the particulars of those things, there'll be things I know, friends, that many of us probably think in our mind, boy, all the bride everywhere will get to a place they'll everyone say the exact thing. Come on now. To be real. Where does the word even say such stuff? They will be real on the uniformity of oneness of that which is needed to bring a rapturing faith. There will always be differences among us until we get there and our body moves into the final phase of the rapture which is ongoing right now. We have already moved in one phase into the rapture because our nature has been changed. What is the rapture? It's changing to the eternal. Praise God. Notice, so the same work of grace that began in our soul will complete itself in the work of our body. So there is a character then that comes with divine unity which cannot be produced by carnal human, humankind trying to come together and bring a unity together and all this all get together and let's, let's all believe the same thing. Now we'll have a head and what we'll do, man, we'll, we'll create this unity and we'll stamp out false doctrine because everybody that don't believe what we'll believe, boy, we'll throw them out and we'll get rid of them. See, it sounds really good. Oh, we'll be able to get rid of all the error and we'll stamp it all out. Don't you follow for that line. That ain't nothing but the devil to try to get you in and get that mark of the beast on you. Well, come on. 
But notice the Lord Jesus, here is the eternal Father. May they be one even as you and I are one. So what is this oneness? This oneness is the spirit and the body and the same goal, the same bows, the same purpose, the same will, the same divine interchange of whether the dispensation changes, both body and spirit. So what is the body? The Lord Jesus. Who is the spirit? It is the Father. So it is the Father in the Son bringing to pass the Father's divine will in the humanity of the Son in His every movement, in His every, oh, hallelujah, and every day that he lived on the earth, I do nothing but what it pleases my father. I can do nothing without my father showing. This is the oneness that God wants in his body this very day. Praise be to God. You talking about a church friend. Do you, do you believe this is the bride that's going in the rapture? Those that have this kind of unity. Notice one as thou father art in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us. So a spiritual unity. It's not a physical unity or materialistic unity. It's not even a unity by which we all sit down and we all cross our T's the same way and we all make our S's the same way and our D's the same way and our Y's the same way. Where do we get that at? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from the devil. It is an organization thing of the devil and then anybody that comes in that don't make the D the way you make it then you're going to church him and put him out well come on now children and what does God do God said that's not what I want I want you to be one the Lord Jesus praying I want you to be one even as my father which is the invisible spirit lives in me moves me motivates me and I follow him that's what I want you to be as my church oh wouldn't that be wonderful tonight if everybody in Happy Valley would have that inside of them that they could say what the Lord Jesus said I do nothing but what my father shows me. I do only that which pleases my father. That is true oneness, brother, sister. Oh my. Notice again he says that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee. Now notice again he's not praying for a single worldwide Catholic church as it was uh, to where everybody will believe the same thing Then if you don't they'll throw you out. They'll mark you. They'll burn you at the stake. This is exactly what they done during the inquisition the times of the church ages and the time of the dark ages what did they do they took this and said we're the church we're the voice of God we're speaking for God and if you don't do what we say we will kill you we will take your life and they did millions of them but did it stop God absolutely not anybody can read just the doctrine of the Catholic Church and know they didn't got oneness with God hail Mary mother of God Jesus never prayed to his mama he prayed to his father Hallelujah. Why, why in the world when I want to pray to the secretary and I can pray to the boss? Amen. I, I don't have to say no Hail Marys. I'm not interested in Mary. My Bible tells me there is one mediator between God and man and that is the man Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
You see, with this type of concept of unity, of what Satan captured under this religious auspices, it would come with it orthodoxy, of course. It would also come a unification then, which would be controlled from one world headquarters, which they chose Rome. And it would be one by which bishops and cardinals and so on would dictate, you do this, you go there, you do this, you go there. Anybody that don't do it, well, you just suffer the discipline of the church. Then if you don't mind what they say, they put you out. Well, we know then, of course, the Baptists, the Methodists, the Church of Christ, all the different ones brought it on down. I hate to say it, but it's come right around our message the same way. If you don't comply to what the head over here says and the head over there says, well, you know what? They're not even bride. They're just foolish virgin, and they call you all kind of names to intimidate you. Well, they're Pentecostal. You think that's going to intimidate me? <laughs> oh, my. Well, they don't know nothing. That ain't going to intimidate me. I'm going on because I'm called of God. My motive is the same as the Lord Jesus. My goal is the same as the Lord Jesus. Come on, church. I want to do what my Father wants me to do. No more, no less. I want to be all that he wants me to be. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, God and his word and his church and his will and his body, which was his son, should be in that type of oneness. Now here, do you believe the prayer of the Lord Jesus will be answered? You believe it will be answered? I believe myself it was answered over and over and over again in the successive church ages as the elect of God caught the word of that hour and they got under the inspiration and the anointing of that day. And remember, they was not Lutherites, they was not Wesleyites, neither are we Branhamites, but we are word-born Christians filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, come on. People think they got to pack their Bible a certain way because Brother Branham packed his Bible. I don't want to pack my Bible the way Brother Branham did. I want to love my Bible the way he loved his. I want to believe the God of that Bible. You can pack your Bible identical to Brother Branham. You can clear your throat and say good evening, friends, just like him. That don't mean you believe what he has to say. Oh my, can you imagine as Satan began to ponder and hear these things? Now remember, some of the things at the beginning of the church, whenever the Spirit of God come upon the church, Satan was sharing it for his first time because the mystery of grace was hid in the very heart of God. Through the Old Testament, we see the prophets and the prophets were the justice of God. And we can see the Torah, the law, the Mishnah, how the God revealed the judgment of God. But the heart of God was hid because the heart of God was the revelation of Christ. So it was did in mystery form until he came upon the earth. Then whenever the Lord Jesus come upon the earth then God began to utter secrets from his very heart which was the love part of God that they never knew. It's like they, they saw something of God in the Old Testament and the Old Testament would leave God as if it were with this harsh tone. God's last words in the Old Testament. I will come and smite the earth with a curse. I will do this. I will do that. And the New Testament begins with it does not open up with wrath and judgment and all kinds of I'm going to destroy this and that but it opens up with the enunciation of a genealogy pointing to a baby that was born in Bethlehem 
Amen. Wow, we come to a time change to where the introduction to the very heart of God being personified in human genealogy. In that genealogy would come a Rahab. In that genealogy would come those that seemingly should not have any grace at all. But what do we see? We see even in the genealogy of God opening the trace right back to his very heart. What is St. John 17? It is the very heart of God through the humanity of the Lord Jesus opening up and displaying the unity of the past, of the present, and of the future. Don't, oh, hallelujah. Can't you see what this is doing? It's actually opening up the unity when we were back there as thoughts that was in his mind when the Lord Jesus came out of the very existence of the bosom of the Father. It also pointing us to the future state when the glory of God will be returned all of those glorious attributes return back into the very presence of God oh hallelujah hallelujah I don't want union with false men I don't want union with false doctrine I want union with the word I want unity. Do you not want unity with the word, with the spirit? And may I go on to say, I want unity with my brothers. I want unity with my true sisters. But that does not mean that every little point and every little thing we're going to totally agree on. Friend, that's not what Jesus prayed for. Oh, hallelujah. You believe Peter and Paul had unity? They had this unity, but they didn't have ecumenical unity. Peter was wrong and Paul had to rebuke him. But they still had unity. Now you see that makes no sense by the way the world looks at unity because they've got uniformity in their mind. Everybody complies. So what it is, everybody complies to a big man somewhere and he tells everybody what to do. And even if you disagree with him, you hold your peace or you get booted out. That is not unity. That is not what the Lord Jesus prayed for. But real unity allows us to be human beings. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And you're going to make mistakes along the journey. Brothers is going to make mistakes. Preachers is going to make mistakes. Prophets are going to make mistakes. But if you're unified with God, the Word, it can no more break that unity. God can no more cast you out than He can cast out the Lord Jesus. Oh, thank God. So the unity the Lord Jesus prays for is body, sonship, and spirit, fatherhood, merging into the new mystical union called a church. Now remember this is an introduction. That's a word that's new in the New Testament. Upon this rock I will build my church or my called out ones. Now the mystery of this of course was that God had it in his mind to foreshadow in the Old Testament dealing with the people of Israel. But what they had they could actually fall away from and never be renewed again. God could absolutely replace them with the Gentiles and never be taken back. Individual Jews will come back and be a part of the bride but Israel as a nation will never be the bride again. They will be the 144,000 attendants but now the bride is made up of Gentiles around the world and a few Jews that will come in, right? 
So notice then he's introducing something in the New Testament which seems absolutely absurd. It seems that there's no way that it could be attained to that there would be a unity among human beings so it would, it would go beyond the unity of the Tower of Babel. It would go beyond the unity. Now there they could have unity because the world was all of one language so they'd all get together. They had one mind, one motive, one objective. Let's build a tower to heaven. So if the flood comes again, we'll just run up in this tower and we'll be saved. Well, there was an element of unity upon the earth and God come down and confused their languages. So they all come to work one morning. This other guy, you know, he's talking Spanish. This guy's talking Aramaic. This guy's talking Greek. This guy's talking something else. And all of a sudden they can't even understand one another. So what did they do? They are divided and separated by the language they talk. So by the language they talk, and all the Spanish-speaking people went one way, all the Aramaic people went another way, you know, all the others all went one day, one way, one way, one way. So God come down and divided them by what they talk. Oh, hallelujah. And it's the same way with us today. We are divided from the world by our language as well because we talk word talk. So, and it's not just that we found the cliches and the lingo around the message, but it is a talk from our soul. You see, for the real born again, we're not just saying magical terms. And we don't repeat the name of Jesus like it was a magical canontation. Or we don't quote the message quotes, and, well, the seals and the thunders and this and that, like it was a magical potion. It is not a magical potion. It is the words of life. And it is words that we believe because it has changed our life and is still changing us and what does that create then it brings a unity inside the family and yet there might be divisions and oh my the old human part clashes among all of us we know how it is the prophet tells us that you are a dynamo and you create this environment of this atmosphere that you live in and he said you get around some people seemingly they're good people they're nice people he said but you just don't like being around them because of that atmosphere that they create but yeah we also know that if there's people like like that and uh, you get around them and you love them and you know nothing against them but you just don't hit it off as we would say but yet if you heard something happen to that brother or that sister it would absolutely break your heart why because then something goes to the real unity of oneness which you're baptized into we're not all Reagans thank God we're not all Yonces and Horns and whatever more but we are the children of God by birth and the soul so where does much of our clashing come from? Right here. It comes from this old flesh man. But if we can move beyond the flesh man and tear back through all of the senses and get down to the soul, I'll tell you what you'd find. You'd find children of God that are born of the Holy Ghost. They have the same motive, the same objective, the same desire. Oh, praise be to God. They love the Lord Jesus with all of their heart and they love the family of God and they're ready to get out of here. Who could do that but God? Look at us here tonight. We come from different backgrounds, different races, different cultures, all kinds of different ethnicities and things that are there. But God goes beyond every bit of that. And God placed one family unity in the soul and births in that soul one desire, which is the answer to Jesus' prayer. Woo! 
You see, the disciples' union. That's amazing the way the Lord Jesus said this. Father, I pray that they would be one, even as you and I are one. I and them and you and me, so that the world may know that you have sent me. Now you see, it's not just when the world sees us having a nice building. Or when the world sees us even dressing a certain way. Or the world sees, well, them folks up there, they don't smoke, and they don't do this, and they don't cuss, and they don't drink. That, that's all part of it. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said when they see this divine oneness attained to in the mystical body, then the world will be able to look at it and say, that's got to be God. There ain't no way them people could get along. There ain't no way them people could have the same desire, the same motive, the same objective. There's no way. There's got to be a living true God somewhere. Then the world will know that thou hast sent me. What is he? The mediator between the spirit and the rest of the sons of men. Woo! Praise be to God. Now let's move to verse 22 if you would. Now after he praises for divine unity in the family of God. He said, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. Now there was a glory given to the Logos. An essential glory that was his before the foundation of the world. And that glory you and I will never have. But what glory did the Father give to Jesus the body that Jesus the body could share with other bodies? Sonship. (laughs) To as many as believed on them, to them gave he power to become or come to pass to become the sons of God. You see, you were a prophetic word in the mind of God waiting to come to pass. But you had to have power, glory, you had to have power released to you and the law could not give you that power. Joining a church cannot give you that power. Just listening to a tape, singing a song, clapping your hands cannot give you that power. The only thing that can give you that power is the token life of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Then he gives you that power and what does it do? It releases you to come to pass as other words of prophecy. Praise be to God to as many as believed him to them not to everybody but to them he gave the power to become or come to pass you see it's just like God's other words of prophecy that they can be spoken by the mind of God the mouth of God coming from God's very mind out through his mouth he speaks it out then it becomes written down and then it waits for the manifestation in between the time that it's written down in the Bible by the time it's manifested it might be a hundred years five hundred years, a thousand years, two thousand years, but if it's God's word, it will come to pass. 
you were a thought in the mind of God. The prophet of God said, God, amen. God spoke your name. God spoke your name before the foundation of the world. And he wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life and associated it with the blood of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah to God. The spoken word was the original seed. Same thing. God spoke your name. Hallelujah. God spoke your name and associated your name with the blood before you was ever even lost. Praise be to God. Look out, devil. My, when the prophet quotes that, then he says at the end of that quote, Brother Darrell, he said, Now, Satan, make him be afraid now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So as we go there, what, in 1953, when the prophet said that God was giving birth to a son. Now, little friend, it's not two gods. It's not three gods. It's the invisible God becoming tangible. It's the invisible, eternal one giving birth to what? Tangibility in a moment of time. And out of him comes this little white light. What was it? The Logos. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the same as in the beginning was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And Colossians goes on to say in him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete. Oh hallelujah. You are complete in him. So the eternal gave to the Logos glory. Glory. The glory of becoming a son. Praise be to God. Notice he said, in the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. And what will it do for them? Oh, I'll not make them all puffed up and make them, you know, they're this. No. What will it do for them? He said that they may be one even as we are one. Don't you understand? You're the Lord Jesus is stating to us. It's as if he's standing in the future already when he's in his mediatorial work as a kinsman redeemer and saying, there's saying, Father, I've left the world. I'm not in the world. You imagine they're standing there looking at him, him saying, no, I'm not in the world no more. I was in the world, but I ain't no more. He's moved over into eternity as it was and he's praying the mediatorial prayer for the entirety of the seven church ages. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. There wasn't even a church born yet and he prayed the beginning middle and finishing prayer before the church ever started hallelujah tell me what devil tell me what church tell me what move will ever stop that church of the living God so the eternal gives to the son the mortality What's he doing? He's starting to, to form himself towards flesh. So it's as if though it's an evolving of God. A spiritual evolution of his being. But it's not an evolving this way. It's an evolving this way in the act of condescension. There ain't nobody no wider than him. Ain't nobody no higher. Ain't nobody no greater. 
But he wants to expand, and there's only one way to expand. Down. So greatness is expressing humility. And the way up is... So he expands how? Down. Oh, glory. So he, he does not go from an invisible being to another invisible being, but he goes from an invisible being to become and start toward the world of tangibility. So he comes from the invisible world, this great white shining light, and he gives birth to himself a son. And what is that son? A white light, a small white light flickering. Then that little white light keeps evolving into what? Theophany. The first visible form the Spirit had. I just quoted your direct quote. This is the only visible form now that the Spirit have had. So it was the eternal all the time moving toward, and he does it through this transition of time. And he comes in this little white light. Then he comes on down, oh my, into a theophany, which looks like a man. Glory be to God. Can't you understand why God said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image. If you look at God there in the Garden of Eden, you'll find yourself today, my brother, sister, you are a soul a spirit and a body it refers back to the original oneness of the divine revelation of the Godhead in Genesis 1 he did not say let us make man in our images but let us make man in our image father and son body and spirit hallelujah body and spirit that is the image of God praise be to God that is the image of God Don't you understand? This is what we're longing for. The completion of our life's journey is that image of God to be finalized in our flesh. So Christ gives to his disciples the glory of becoming sons of God. You see, it was an attribute, but you had to become more than that. So it wasn't like we was little kids around the Father's door. We wasn't little kids running in His mind. We were thoughts, but those thoughts had to come to pass. Let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. Let there be, and I was. Let there be, and you was. Let there be, and you was. Let there be, and you don't you understand when you got really got born again? You understand when you had the new birth? It was the reciprocating part of what God spoke about you before the foundation of the world. It may have taken thousands of years, but God said, let my son be. And when you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you answered down here in Tennessee, or you answered in Virginia, or West Virginia, or Arkansas, and God said, let there be, and you said, I am. be born and you said I am and another one I am and another one I am he was releasing his power through the glory of the mediatorial sonship to give you power to come to pass (sighs) 
So the Lord Jesus becomes the mediator between God, the invisible, and man, the fallen visible, in order to rechannel them and give them power. So he is the expressed image of his person. Paul, the word that Paul chose to use there was character, which is facsimile or facts. God wanted to fax our ID down on the earth, but Adam forfeited the machine. So there's no way to... No way to communicate new birth. So all down through the Old Testament, the fax machine was broke. So they had the seed, but they could never get born again. But in between the the hinge of the Old and New Testament, the changing of dispensations, God transmitted his son fax machine down on the earth. And then he become the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah! Then what could God do through him and say, Father, I pray not only for these, but I pray for them that will believe on me through their word. Here is God's fax machine on the earth praying for the rest of the copies. Hallelujah! For whom he did for now he did previously mark out copies of the likeness of the son of himself all he needed was a human transmitter through the sonship which was the Lord Jesus Amen. as he gave his life it would release to you the power to become sons and daughters of God Oh, brother, sister, if I could just get you to see that. Oh, brother Donnie, if I could quit drinking. Oh, if I could quit smoking. That ain't it, brother. It's get in line with the fax machine and let him fax down your identity. Hallelujah. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. Friends, this excludes membership. Well, we're going to get together a soccer team and we're going to have a basketball team and a baseball team and see if we can win people to Christ through a basketball? Through soccer? Football, what are we going to do? Kick a football and hit them in the head. Maybe they'll come to the right mind. They're not going to come to the right mind but being hit in the head with a football. Let me tell you, friend, your life is just about as complete. You can make it without the Lord if you're elect of God like trying to dribble a football down a ball court. Can you imagine trying to dribble a football? Well, that's the way our lives are without the Lord Jesus. You jump over here and you jump over there and you jump somewhere. Oh, hallelujah. When I was born, I was born lost. I was born unregenerate. That power turned over by the first son of God in the Garden of Eden. But God had to bring down the second Adam on the earth in order to release another power which would give me the authority or the power to become a son of God. Of God, not just by title, not just by claim, but I have been given power to become a son. Jesus says, Father, the glory you gave me, the glory of mission, the glory of supernatural, the glory of bearing your name, the glory of identifying myself with your person. 
I give them that same glory. The glory of following your will. The glory that you gave me. Notice this was a glory that was attained. A glory attained to. You're talking about something. It's no marvel to me that we as human beings, God in his mercy would give us glory, but he would condescend himself and he would be the first in line to receive glory from the realm of the eternal. Why? He wanted to do that. Man cannot comprehend such. Man wants to the top and he'll step on everybody to get up there. He'll tell lies if need be, but God was already at the top and still wanted to expand, so he had to come down. Notice as Jesus shares this with his very heart now, he wants to share the acquired glory. The acquired glory, not that essence of his being which was in the eternal, but what I have acquired in my humanity. I want to give with them. You see... There is a difference between that essential glory of the Lord Jesus and that acquired glory of his humanity coming upon the earth. That, of course, we will never share and that essence of that. But the glory that is given to us as the people of God in that we were lost, now we are found. Lost in the term of the coin. Lost in term of the sheep. A shepherd having a hundred sheep. Now, I didn't have 99 sheep, one goat. And then that one goat got out and he went out there and found that goat. And abracadabra, abracadoo, I'll make a Christian out of you. And he changed that goat into a Christian. No, he was a sheep. Glory. He was a sheep. Glory to God. Jesus said he come to seek and save that which was lost. You was already a sheep before you was ever, oh, glory to God, ever in this world. The glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one. All friends, the goal of the unity, all the believers should be this very thing. Forget the idea of the biggest preacher, the biggest church. That who, who can do that? Who has the most people following them? Who has the most hits on their website? What difference does any of that make? What difference does it make? Some men will have hundreds and hundreds in their church. Other men will have 25 and 30. If they're doing all God's given to do, I pray God bless them with all of their heart. It don't mean that this man's bigger and greater and more important. It just means we're all fulfilling what God wants us to do. And if we're born into the family of God, we've got one motive, one objective, one purpose, one goal in life, and that is to please the Lord Jesus. Notice this in verse 23. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Notice the way the Lord Jesus puts himself there, that it's him in the middle between us and the eternal. Look, friends, you see him when you put Brother Branham there. You see him when you put Mary there. You see him and you put your pastor there or anybody else there. I in them and thou in me. I in them and thou in me. That they may be made perfect in one that the world may know 
That that was me. There again, not just signs, wonders, jumping, shouting, hollering, all that is wonderful and good. But Jesus said this will be the way that the world, Satan can impersonate every one of those signs. The prophet of God said Satan can hand out those supernatural gifts by the handful. Come on, harvest time. Don't sit there and look at me. He said it. But Satan has never been able to reproduce one case of perfect oneness. Can I go on? That the world may know, Father, that your love for the believers is as real, as deep, as genuine, as lasting for them as it is for me. Lord, we're going to need a little help from this point on now, okay? I and them and thou and me that they may be made perfect to one that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So how does the eternal love his sonship? Temporarily? Just in time and he runs out there so far and I, I, now you're getting on my nerves. As Jesus, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm having problems with you. But he said, Father, I pray those who grab this oneness, may they understand that you love them with the same infinite, eternal love that you love me. That as the Father is in Christ, so Christ is in the believers. Now notice, then they in Him, both Father and Son, which is body and spirit, identified by divine nature and divine essence of His character. Notice, I'm them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect, be made, created, brought into existence in a perfect oneness. Can't you see? We'll never get this by trying to study ourselves into it. We'll never get it, but all of us getting together. Let's all get together after church. We'll meet in the fellowship hall, and we'll try to dissect all the Greek words and the French words and the Latin words, and we'll see if we can all understand it, and I'll get one. There's no way we can do that. We've got to be made perfect in one, and that's through the mediator, the Logos himself, that births us into the very economy of God. Then he births every one of us with the same divine nature. Now, our gifts will be different. Some men will preach very flamboyant, some real loud, you know, some more scholarly and quiet times, some real dramatic, and some real emotional. That's difference in the gift. But you strip them down if they're born of the same Spirit of God, you'll find the same nature, the same desire, the same makeup from the soul. I in them, Christ and His saints, not Christ in all the world. I in them, thou in me. Now notice, I in them. I in them. Now here, the Lord Jesus, now don't, don't misunderstand me. The body of Jesus Christ, that corporal body, is not in any of us tonight. But what is it? Son of God under the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. Father, Son, 
Holy Ghost. That body cannot be in any of us. You understand? Where is it? It's there in the heavenlies tonight. On the right hand of the throne of God. Right hand simply means it's a symbolism of strength and power. It ain't that God's sitting up there and he's got a right hand. His little boy is sitting down here on the other side. But he is there in representation. His body is there. But yet his spirit is here. Now Brother Bram said, if I've got his spirit, he said he should do his works in me. He said, now if I told you tonight that I was a mechanic and there was something wrong with your car, I should be able to go to your car and be able to say, push this, push this, time this, time this. And I should be able to fix your car. He said, if I had the spirit of a great artist in me, I would be able to pick up paint and a brush and canvas and be able to unveil a beautiful, beautiful picture. Well, if the Spirit of Christ is in us, then we should be able to unveil the divine oneness of God, which can only come by a new birth. Which will include how you dress, how you speak, how you walk, places you go and places you don't go. Woo! Praise be to God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one that the world may know. Oh my. Now notice this, made perfect in one. The Greek is actually there. Into one body whereof Christ is the head. Into one body whereof Christ is the head. So he is the head of this mystical body. Then each of us coming to that state to where the graces of God manifested in us are fully ripened in our lives. Some will go the way of the grave. And when they reach that spot, oh my, I've seen many of them lay on a bed of affliction. They're in their family wonder, oh God, why? Why is mama suffering? Why is daddy suffering? But there's a little bit lacking in their life. And the last months before they go, God implements another building block in their wall and then another and then another and then another and you know what before every one of his elect leave this world every one of them will have these graces of God being fully ripened inside of them they will be resurrection and rapture ready when the trumpet of God sounds hey. Woo. praise be to God Whew. don't you love him with all your heart I am them thou and me that they may be made perfect in one. That they may know, Father, that the world may know that you love them the same way you love me. On the same grounds. <laughs> I'm loved on the same grounds and the same basis as the Lord Jesus. Now, no offense, I'm, I'm fixing to choke you. I know. You have to go back and listen to it. You have to pray over it and ask God to help you see it. Because we're so used to this concept. Well, I was just an old wretched sinner. I was just an old nobody. And God give me something I didn't deserve. What are you talking about? If your name was in the Lamb's book of life, God has given you what you truly deserved. As an attribute of God, you deserved redemption. Oh, you call for redemption. You call for mercy. God was giving you what your soul was calling for. And we live all of these years of our I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm the one. Of course your flesh is not worthy. Of course your flesh is not good enough. I ain't talking about your flesh. I'm talking about the seed gene. That seed gene is what God gave you. That's God's gift to you in word form without being quickened. Amen. 
You see, the properties of the Father's love. How could he not love him? He was of his own existence. How could he not love you? You were of his own existence. Now, don't get this in mind. Separate you from this. You're of his nature. You're of his heart. You're of his kind. An unchanging love. An everlasting love. This is the way he loves the elect, the wife of Christ. Can you imagine any limits on the Father's love toward the Lord Jesus? Father, I thank you that you hear me always. But he heard him when he prayed for me. That prayer has already been answered. All it takes is just me walking into the full manifestation. Same with you. You imagine any limits on the Father's love? You imagine the Father getting all bent out of shape over the Son? You know, some somehow or another, I, I love you, but I'll tell you now, you're trying my patience. Come on, friends, face the facts. We need a revelation of this. We can quote this scripture and we can read it and we say it's a really good scripture, but I wonder how many of us understand one inkling about it tonight. I'm talking about the divine revelation that you can look at that scripture when you read it, that you look in there and say, God Almighty loves me as he did the sinless Lord Jesus. It's getting hot in here, ain't it? No limits on his love for his bride. Brother Donnie, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of, I've made too many mistakes. I'm afraid that God's, he's tired of fooling with me. Well, that is so for some people. Not for his children, though. Now, that's so for the church, that's so for Judas, that's so for Pharaoh, that's so for a lot of people. But that ain't so for the family. You know how blessed you are to be part of the family? Brother, sister, I don't mean we go out and sin now. I don't mean we go out and take advantage of the grace of God. Oh, no. You imagine there is no limits. There is no extreme by which he will not go to to bring you back to him. Say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to see it. The love of the Father God, the eternal, for the body, the Lord Jesus, is eternal and not just infinite. Infinite is love without limits. Eternal is love without a beginning or an end. He does, oh God, he doesn't just love you without limits. He loved you before there was time. He loved you before there was sin. He loved you before there was a devil. He loved you before there was an earth. And when there is no more devil, you still will be. 
when there is no more sin, when there is no more sickness. This is what Jesus prayed, eh, that we would be able to see, Father, help them see it. Help them see it. Let's stand together. God's love for Christ cannot cease. God's love for us cannot cease. Consequences in time mean nothing to a love of such infinite, eternal essence from His eternal being. Romans 8.38, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. So that included everything in Laodicea. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in the mediator, the sonship, the Logos, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I ain't talking about folks that get saved and backsliding in Hebrews 6. They turn and walk away and bring shame and reproach upon the cause of Christ and walk away. No, sir, I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about those as part of the family. Praise be to God. Oh, hallelujah. The prophet of God said you're just as saved as Jesus is. Anybody see which devil, which way the devil went when he left? He's laying over on the floor where all my rolling said, Oh, don't let him believe that. Don't let him believe that. Well, we've got news for you tonight, devil. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it. Hallelujah. Marriages dissolve. Friendships break up. No doubt there's not a person in this place tonight, if you're very old at all, you've lost friends that you thought were bosom friends. Maybe even family members and marriages and all kinds of things that it looked like there's no way it would ever break up. But yet it did. But my friend, I'm pointing you to a, tonight to a love which can never be dissolved. Neither angels, nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, neither height nor depth. There's nothing that can separate us from the eternal which projected His love in the body, His Sonship, Christ Jesus. Praise God. Don't you love Him? Let's close with this. Father, St. John seventeen twenty four. I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me. Now wait a minute. He just said over here just the verse prior to this that he loved us the same way he loved him. Now he's telling us how he loved him. 
For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And Father, I pray you'd help them to see that you loved them the same way. Yeah, I believe John 3.16. I do. I I believe John 3.16. For God so loved the world, the cosmos, the world order, that he gave his only begotten son. But I'm John 17.24. I'm John 17, 22. God didn't just love me when he gave his son. I was the reason he gave his son. Praise God. Praise God. Let me close with this. Father, I will. These two words, I will, this expression denotes command. It's expressive of desire. It is used to express a strong and earnest desire or a pressing wish. Such as would make one exceedingly anxious and petition it in such a way that it would not be denied. Won't be denied. I will. Now notice, not everybody of John 3.16, but those whom thou hast given me. These are some of Jesus' favorite words, actually. We'll pick it up next time. Not all the world, not everybody. But a select hand picked. You see, the reason they can be hand picked is because their names are engraved on his hand. Hand picked. Hand. Let's bury it. Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious words, Father. Lord, we believe this prayer is not just beautiful words, but we believe it is from the very heart of God. Here the fullness of the Godhead bodily was made a human being on the earth. In just a little bit, the anointing is going to leave you in the Garden of Gethsemane. Your prophet tells us in forsaking all, you forsook your sonship. But before you forsook your sonship, you made your petition known you never asked for mansions you never asked for riches you never asked for great wealth but this is one thing you asked for our fellowship and you didn't just ask it well it's okay you know if, if you grant it it's okay and if you don't grant it it's okay But it was a burning passion. It was a burning desire 
a command. I will. I will. I want it so bad, I can feel it. This is what you set before you. This is how you endured the cross and despised the shame. This is the joy that was set before you. Praise God. Lord Jesus, I pray if there's one here tonight in this building or one that will hear this service, and their name is on that book, but they've never come to that birth time yet. Maybe they're holding within their soul tonight a little seed, as it were, but it hasn't been quickened. You did that in the beginning, Father, because you knew the Word, would, man would lose control of it, and Satan would gain access. So you separated the dunamis, the power, away from the Word, lest Satan, grabbing it, would have all kinds of unlimited power. So he could quote the Scriptures, and he could memorize them, and he could even say, let there be, and let there be this, and let there be that, and nothing would happen because you separated the power away from the Logos. But to the sons of God that's filled with the Holy Ghost, you then give them power to heal the sick, cast out devils, speak the words of life, because the Logos and the Dunamis are united together again. So, Lord, we know that when a Logos spoken under inspiration of the Holy Ghost becomes a rhema word, a quickened word, Lord, that's the way you've done us. So you separated us, and here we were, little Logos attributes, little, little seeds, little thoughts, but unquickened. So that little seed in us was in us when it was born. Yet we joined this church and maybe, maybe sinners and drunk and run around and lied and committed adultery and done all kinds of things, yet, yet holding that little seed, but it wasn't quickened. But one day, praise God, the Spirit of God come over that little seed and it found it. And it quickened that seed, which in common terms is what we call a new birth. So what was born again was the new birth. That's the part about us that never did it in the first place. This is why the body can remember those sins, but that little attribute never done those sins. Praise God. So the Logos and the breath of God, the Holy Ghost come together and we become a quickened rhema for the Word, the Word of God in the age that we live in. This is why the rapture then is not for our tapes. The rapture is not for our Bibles. The rapture is not for our spoken word books. The rapture is for the rhema words of God, the believers in the pages. Oh, Jesus, help us to that, Lord. Thank you for your words, Father. Make it more real to us, Jesus, would you? I see it, Lord, but I need to see it more clearly. Lord, I raise my hands tonight in your presence, Father, with the rest of these believers. Make it more real to us tonight, Lord. Help us, Father, to see. Lord, it won't make us go out of here and sin and do this and oh no. It'll make us fall in love with you deeper than we've ever been. Lord, we'll walk more gently. We'll walk more sincere. 
Lord, I believe we need more sincerity in our life. But Father, sincerity is not something that we can produce on our own. But Lord, if you'll open up a little more of our identity of who we are, I believe it releases the sincerity that we need, Lord. Help us tonight, Lord Jesus, I pray. Would you lay your hand on that person, that brother or sister standing by you? Can we just offer a word of prayer for them tonight? God knows their needs, whether they're sick or whether they just need more of an understanding of the revelation of the Word of God tonight. Would you just pray for them? Those of you out streaming the service tonight, maybe they're in your home or in your place of business or work, wherever you are, if you can, pull over on the side of the road if need be. Let's just pray together as the saints of God. Father, we join our faith together tonight, Lord, believer to believer, eagle to eagle. Father God, we believe what we've heard tonight, Father. Lord Jesus, you've released your power upon us to become sons of God. We're not just sons of God by profession, Lord. And know when Michael the archangel disputed over the body of Moses, he stood there and said, the Lord rebuke you to Satan because that power of son had, been, had not been imparted. Oh, glory to God. But now sons of God don't have to stand there and say, the Lord rebuke you. But they can stand there anointed by the Holy Ghost in representation of the Lord Jesus and say, Satan in Jesus' name, come out of him or come out of her. Because the position of sonship has been restored back upon the earth, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, if the people could only see it tonight, dear God, you have brought us further back than Adam had. Whatever it was that Adam had, he fell from in the Garden of Eden. But Lord, you have restored us back to a place that we cannot fall from. We are sealed till the day of our redemption, Lord God, a completed work in Christ Jesus. We love you tonight for your word, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, blessed Lamb of God, we praise your name tonight, Lord Jesus. We can just go right ahead and rejoice for everyone that you prayed for that night on the road to the Garden of Gethsemane. Hallelujah. They will be there, Father. You will not lose a one of them. There will not be a man, woman, boy, or girl, whether they're in Trinidad or Guyana or Tennessee or Indiana. There will not be a one of those, Lord God, that will not be, oh, hallelujah, that will not be given and come in your presence, Lord. We pray for them tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, may every one of yours come to that great recognition, I pray, oh God. In the name of Jesus, may you pass by this way tonight, Father, for those of us that's already born again. But Lord, maybe we need a refreshing, Lord, a refilling of the Holy Ghost here tonight, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus, may your presence pass by this way, Lord. I pray for healing. I pray for refreshing. I pray for renewing tonight, Lord. Lord God, may the angels of the Lord go among your saints tonight, Father. May you minister to us what we have need of, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can't you see my brother, sister, when we sang the song, I would not be denied.
Can't you say on what basis? We can say that with all assurance. The Lord Jesus prayed for you. The Lord Jesus not only prayed, you'd be saved. You'd be filled with the Holy Ghost. But he prayed, Father, I will. I desire. I want it so desperately. I want them to be with me where I am. What do you think the Father said? Well, let me think about it. Don is pretty rotten. I don't know, Wes. I don't know. Man, his flesh gets in the way. And Scott, oh, no. I'll tell you one thing. What do you imagine the Father said? Granted. Granted. (laughs) Granted. Granted. where I am granted it is your reward for service praise God let's sing it can we I would not be tonight oh praise God don't you love him tonight how many can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord praise God Pains of this seized on my soul unto the Lord I cry till Jesus came and made me whole. I would not be denied. Everybody now, I would not be.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. You imagine how many mothers have prayed for the long lost children. And God bottled up their prayers and kept them. Maybe decades went by. Cigarette after cigarette, fifth of whiskey after fifth of whiskey. One deal after another after another, but one day that prayer called up to that son or daughter. Praise God. Amen. You imagine that's just a mortal. What about the prayer of our Lord Jesus? I will that they be with me where I am one day. Hallelujah. The resurrection and the rapture linked together with that prayer. I will that they be with me where I am. Oh, here we got the I am. They will be with me where I am. The resurrection and the rapture was set in the final cycle and the final answer to his prayer, hallelujah, will be manifested in what? Your body changed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that ought to make a Presbyterian feel like shouting tonight. Go ahead and give him a hand clap of praise. He's worthy. Oh, bless your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, my hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. We worship you with all of our hearts tonight, Lord. Oh, blessed God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Don't you love him, saints? With all your heart, all your soul. I trust you've got this oneness in you. I trust you have this desire. Oh, my. God bless you. Love you so much. Remember service this weekend. We come expecting the Lord to speak to us again. have several needs in, in the church. Sister Benton, many of you probably know that Sister Benton's really sick, and the doctors have not given her very much hope for her condition of where it is. You know, that's as far as they know. We've got another report, and we're asking God for his mercy to our sister just to be with her and help her. Also, Sister Jane Terrell, they've sent her home on hospice, and, and they asked me if I'd reiterate to you again right now with her present condition, if uh, you'd refrain from coming to see her, but just to try to remember her and Brother Jean in prayer that the Lord will be with them. And still, our God's a God of miracles. Amen. He's a Jehovah of miracles. Doctors do everything they can. Just because they stop don't mean Jesus gives up. But just remember them in prayer. I'm sure each of you have different needs. You'd like to be remembered tonight as well in your home, your family, whatever it is. God bless you. Appreciate and love you so much. Brother Darrell, will you come and dismiss the saints? God bless you. See you this weekend, saints. What a loving father we have. Hallelujah. Love has its own language. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, it's truly with thanksgiving in our hearts that we can call you Father. Lord, your word is so rich, so pure. 
so stimulating, Lord, that our, our bodies can't contain it sometimes, Lord. Our, our words are inadequate to even express what it means to us, Lord. Oh, God, that you would care for us. We reveal these things to our hearts, Lord, that we could see our true identity through the open book. How we thank you for that tonight, Lord. We ask, dear God, that you strengthen our brother Donnie, Lord, re renew his strength, God. He labored, delivered his soul to us tonight, Father. Lord, I ask you to be mindful of those, Lord, in need. Sister Wilma, Lord, and the others, dear God, that were mentioned, the other needs. You're our healer, Lord. You're our deliverer. You're the promise keeper. How we thank you, Lord, that we can look to you in great times of need and great times of sorrow, Lord, knowing that your word will not return unto you a void, but it will accomplish that which you sent it to do, Lord. Father, I ask you tonight, Lord, Brother Joe Reynolds and his family, Lord, it's been a month now since his little girl was killed. And I just pray that you'd comfort their hearts, Lord, that you'd strengthen them, God. Lord, sometimes things are so hard for us to understand physically, but Lord, you never ask us to understand. You just ask us to trust you, Lord. And truly, Lord, we trust you. Go with your children now, Lord. Give traveling grace on the way home. Father, may these things that we heard tonight, Lord, as we lay up on our beds, Lord, may we meditate upon it. May it, oh God, may it stir our souls once again, Lord, that the reality of these things, dear God, would be manifested in our lives, Lord. That the words of the prophets, dear God, would become flesh in us, Lord Jesus. For as your prophet said, it's the word becoming flesh. And the flesh becoming word. Lord, how we love you tonight, dear God. We commit this service and these people, Lord, and these needs into your hand. Lord, we ask you for big things because we believe you're a big God. We commit it into your hands for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. Dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Isn't it great to be a Christian? Amen. In a world that's lost love. We're a people of love. The prophet of God said the only love there will be will be among the elect. I believe we're living in those times, friends. Amen. And God is good. Amen. Sing something, brother. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed the fear of the Lord. Give you.
Oh